Welcome, everybody. This is the Glass City Game Time Podcast. My name is Corey Christen. Thanks for listening. This is episode number 42. We always appreciate you checking us out every week on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide, or on the various podcast channels that were available on each week. First things first, my apologies if I sound like I'm recording from the inside of a cave. I don't have my typical setup this week. We should be back to regularly scheduled sound next week, but for now, this will do. As this week, we welcome in OHSAA's Tim Street. Now, Street has been with the Athletic Association since 2008 in their communications department. Tim talks to us this week about Governor DeWine's decision from Tuesday to go forward with the fall sports season, and that includes contact sports, which also includes football. So, Tim calls me to break down the decision, some of the factors behind it, what to expect this fall, and how can student-athletes and their families remain safe throughout the coronavirus pandemic so that we can complete the fall season as well. We talk about safety, we talk about participation, we talk about the protocols on game day, what can fans expect, and fans, I mean families, expect going into game day. We talk about testing, we talk about all the important things, the little FAQs, if you will, the frequently asked questions around this coming fall sports season. Football is around the corner officially, and we're excited certainly to get sports back as long as it's done as safe as possible. So enjoy this interview with Tim Street, and I will talk to you at the end of the podcast. Tim, thanks for taking time to join me this week. How's everything going? Well, we're doing pretty well. You know, we've been uh, preparing for a long time, many weeks, uh, more than a month for that big announcement. So we were we were happy and we felt like we were ready to go, although there were a couple of curveballs in the health order that he signed that we're now working through, but uh, so far so good. So what are some of those curveballs then? Let's start there. Well... You know, the I guess the biggest one was uh, the um, announcement that teams could not play more than one team in a day, um, and that's regarding the team sports. But volleyball specifically is, um, you know, used to playing tri matches where there's three schools together, and uh, in tournaments and and those things are. Um, are typically involving more than one team. So that is an adjustment that our volleyball folks are going to have to make. So that that's unfortunate. Um, but luckily it does not apply to individual sports. So for example, a golf invitational or a cross country invitational that can still move on. Uh, same thing with tennis. So the plan announced by governor DeWine on Tuesday does impact all fall sports, but the big one, obviously that people were, at least generally concerned about was football. And there's obviously a lot that has been ironed out over the previous couple of days here with that. What are some of the general takeaways from what Governor DeWine said regarding either playing football this year or parents around their kids that are playing football? What are some of the big takeaways that you had from what Governor DeWine said on Tuesday? 
Well, you're right that uh, football was obviously the sport that a lot of people had their eyes on just because uh, so many uh, young people participate, uh, obviously mainly boys, but girls do play as well. But last year we had 42,000 uh, participants in high school football in Ohio. So that's the highest participation sport. Obviously it gets a lot of media attention. So um, that was uh, the sport that a lot of people were asking about. But, of course, soccer is a, is a sport that a lot of people participate in, and uh, field hockey is uh, our other fall sport that was labeled as a contact sport. So I think the main takeaways from uh, what the governor said about football and, and Dr. Borchers uh, was one of his guests uh, as well. Um, and, and Dr. Borchers is very familiar with OHSAA. He's been one of our doctors at state tournaments. So I, I think he said the main thing is if you – have a a situation where either yourself or or one of your student athletes has been tested positive that you really need to to follow that up with a doctor's appointment um you know obviously there's health risks and uh a, an appointment with uh, a doctor as a follow up is really important and, and I think Dr. Borchers and Governor Dewine both said that they still encourage people to play football and soccer and field hockey and the other sports that, you know, the, the benefits of playing sports and being part of a team are uh, so significant uh, to, to our young people, emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, all those things, sports provide that. So we still need sports. Our kids need sports, but if you do test positive, then you do really need to get checked by a doctor. Um, and, and that's, that's a great piece of advice. So we certainly agree with that, but, we, I guess the biggest takeaway was just support for playing sports, uh, but also uh, to make sure we're, we're still exercising caution. That's one of the big anomalies in this whole deal is the idea of testing. At the college level, it's a mandated thing, and college athletes get tested pretty much at the door. With high school athletes, it might be a little bit different. How do you foresee that working, whether it's the OHSAA working in accordance with the Ohio Department of Health or the governor's office. How do you see that working out with testing? Well, first of all, uh, you're right that testing is important. Uh, testing is, is a big part of how our state and our country is going to get through this pandemic. So I want to stress that first. You're also right that at the uh, Division I college level and at the professional level, uh, testing is uh, more readily available, uh, not only to get the test, but also to get the results. So, uh, so you know, t testing is a big part of it. Uh, but, you know, as we've said all summer, um, and now as the, uh, the new health order signed by the governor uh, backs up, you know, we, as far as testing at the high school level, in, in some parts of the state, it's just not uh, possible. You know, there's a lot of our uh, of health systems around the state that will not do testing uh, on a, a a young person unless that young person has symptoms, um, and that's understandable. But there there's some areas where if you have a, a 60 person football team and and they all want to get tested, um, certainly they should be able to pursue that test. But there are some uh, offices that won't do a test if that young person does not have a symptom. So, you know, that, that's what we've seen at the Division One college level and at the professional level, that they test everybody, whether that person has any symptoms or not. 
So we've said all along that that's just not practical at the high school level, especially to get the results back quickly. So that's what we have been working with, with the governor's office and the Ohio Department of Health on a revised health order that would allow uh, high school sports to move forward without that rigorous testing on student athletes that don't have any symptoms. And luckily, um, unfortunately, uh, yesterday um, on Wednesday is when the, the, the governor did sign the new health order that allows sports to move forward without that rigorous testing. So, mm -hmm. you know, testing is certainly important. Uh, it's readily available at the Division One and pro level. It is just not that way at the high school level. To kind of bundle all of that together, an athlete going to get tested for the coronavirus, it's kind of a thing that's up to themselves if they want to do that throughout the season? Well, I would defer to the school district policy. You know, I always uh, remind folks first that, you know, yes, we're talking about sports and we're talking about student-athletes, but before they're student-athletes, they're students first. And so uh, I think a school district policy uh, is going to, uh, for the most part, explain why and when and how a student would get tested. But notwithstanding that part, if, if, if a person, if any person wants to get tested, then certainly they, they should pursue that. You know, that's, yeah, if a person wants to get tested, just like if a person wants to um, get a, an annual checkup or something, certainly a person who wants to get tested should go get tested. So the protocols for a positive coronavirus test, if an athlete tests positive for the virus, does the OHSAA have anything in place right now, or is that more up to the school district as to a, uh, a leave from the team, if you will? Is there anything in place right now hard definitively for those athletes? Well, the OHSA does not have a statewide policy on what a, a student athlete should do if he or she tests positive. Um, that, that is not a, an OHSAA uh, mandated policy. I would point to two places. Number one, the Ohio Department of Health uh, and the guidance that they have put out, which is posted on our website. Uh, if you go to OHSA.org and click on our COVID-19 Resource Center, you'll see right there the links to the uh, Restart Ohio documents, but also the specific Ohio Department of Health order. So I would refer to those two documents first, but also the, the school district policy, that, that's the other thing that will most likely dictate what happens when a student athlete tests positive. Um, and, and we think that is a decision that should be made by the local school district. You know, there's, you know, to some people have asked, you know, would we have a statewide policy? And I don't really think that's our place to have a, a statewide mandated policy for what a school should do uh, when they have a positive case. You know, we can certainly uh, offer some guidance, and, and that is what is posted on our site. But, you know, just like schools have uh, determined for themselves how they're going to do instruction this fall, it, it, that same philosophy applies to various uh, other things with athletics, too. Yeah, these are all tough questions to ask on my end, and I'm sure to answer, too. There's been numerous discussions around them. I want to focus on football for a second here, and the OHSAA having a six-game schedule uh, proposal approved a while back, and now we're seeing teams roll out their schedules, and it's really, by and large, a conference-only field this year. 
Um, at least here in the Toledo area, we're seeing a lot of that. Um, how do you feel the OHSAA's new plan is going to work out going forward? I think it's a very limited access deal, and uh, it's certainly, so far, I know the less games people think of that, and it's like, wow, four less games. But, you know, I feel like this plan is really centered around just limiting travel and keeping some action involved. What's What was the method behind the madness on the plan, if you will? Sure. Well, you know, we're really happy with the plan and our staff and our board of directors came together to, to have this plan. And, and keep in mind, too, that the, the plan was initiated because the governor's office uh, strongly recommended that we shorten the season. You know, if, if the governor says you need to shorten the season and we say, no, we don't think so. Well, that's not going to bode well for getting approved to play the sport itself. So we were recommended to shorten the season, and uh, this plan that our board then did approve is really a win-win situation because, number one, it does shorten the season uh, at the request of the governor's office, so we accomplished that. But number two, it allows every team the opportunity to enter the playoffs, and that was a big part of it because um, there's going to be a lot of teams that uh, only play a, a couple games here in September and August and uh, at no fault of their own. You know, teams may have canceled on them. Um, maybe they, they had to pause football for a couple weeks. So, you know, in, in the past, you had to win a lot of games. You had to accumulate a lot of computer points to get in. Well, that's not going to be possible this year for some teams that only play a couple games. And, and maybe they're one of the best teams in the state but they only played two games. So by allowing everyone into the postseason, um, that certainly gives everyone an equal opportunity to make a run in the playoffs. And, and don't, don't forget, too, that uh, while we have six weeks of the regular season to, to start out the season, uh, teams can continue to play regular season games up through November 14th. So um, schools can still play their 10 regular season games uh, if they get eliminated from the playoffs. I kind of want to get into the FAQ portion of all of this because I feel like those that are listening into this podcast have a vested interest in high school sports and maybe even specifically football. For parents or for family members that may want to attend some of these games, some guidelines have been released regarding spectators and regarding families that want to go see these games and even seeing some of the Olympic sports as well. What are some of those need-to-know tidbits that you can give for families and for parents? Sure. Well, uh, in the health order that was signed on August 19th, uh, the attendance uh, policy was explained, uh, and, and that's that is from the Ohio Department of Health. That's not an OHSA decision. You know, that's dictated by the governor and the Ohio Department of Health. And, and those uh, uh, mandates are that uh, the, the, the maximum number of people at an outdoor event is 1,500 uh, or 15% um, of the permanent seats in the facility, whichever is smaller. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's explained by the Ohio Department of Health. Um, 
Now, in terms of who those uh, people that are, you know, as the governor said on Tuesday, he expects that will be family members of the participants. Um, you know, if if it's a, a facility that, um, you know, the family members of the participants are all in and then they have additional uh, seats to fill, you know, based on that 15% capacity, then certainly the, the host school would determine who those people would be in, you know, whether that be other fans or, or what. But um, then for indoor sports, that same 15% capacity applies, but the maximum number is 300. So, you know, that uh, certainly our schools are going to have to adjust um, who they let in. and uh, But that would be up to the host school following the Ohio Department of Health order. It's all ever-developing stuff, and I feel like nothing is set in stone and everything is so fluid right now. So with that kind of said, Governor DeWine has said if things go awry this fall, knock on wood, they don't, obviously, but if things go awry this fall, that he wouldn't hesitate to pull the plug on things. What is the OHSAA's responsibility in all of this to kind of, obviously, the athletic association can't police every school and school district in the state of Ohio. But how does the OHSAA convey that message from Governor DeWine into a more positive sense to say, okay, let's all have this safe fall season together? Sure. Well, and that's what we've been doing uh, for the past several months in terms of trying to provide education and awareness to our member schools and just explain that, uh, you know, as you just said, absolutely right. You know, if, if the numbers skyrocket for COVID-19 cases, um, certainly the first thing that would happen would be that in-person instruction would be halted and it would go all virtual like it was last spring. And then the next one to the next domino to fall would be the suspension of athletics. But you're right that uh, the governor has that ability. Uh, he did that obviously on March 12th. Um, we were 15 minutes away from tipping off our girls basketball state tournament and that was halted. Um, so, so certainly that uh, possibility exists and we've tried to just explain that to our member schools, just as the governor has, you know, the governor has led Ohio through this and uh, he, he could certainly at any point uh, shut things down again, if the numbers are out of control. So we've just tried to explain that, the safety measures that we've been doing this summer and will continue to do this fall give our schools as good a chance as possible to have a full season. Um, but the thing we tried to stress even Tuesday when the governor announced that he would move forward with signing a new health order is to say that, you know, this isn't over. You know, it's not like we just won the battle and now we can do what we want. You know, basically, uh, and I think as Lieutenant Governor John Houston said, Actually, all this is now just beginning. You know, they've given us the green light to have a shot at a season. But now the hardest part starts. You know, now we got to be able to move forward with these contests and these games with uh, enforcing limited fans, uh, social distancing, um, all these precautions. Um, you know, we've been doing it, our schools have been doing it throughout the summer, and now we, uh, you know, we have to continue to be just as, as vigilant this fall um, to try to have a full fall season. I mean, there, you know, numbers skyrocket in a certain area, um, and and if it's determined, especially that is due to sports, 
well, the, you know, obviously the local health officials and uh, then left to the governor are going to shut that down. So we've tried just to explain that, hey, this, it's not like we won and it's over. Uh, now the hard work uh, continues, and, and certainly it's going to be even more challenging with our schools enforcing the uh, limited spectator rule. Real quick before I let you go, Tim, we've already seen a couple of non-contact sports begin, namely golf and tennis. And so far, at least around here in the Toledo area, it seems like things are off on the right foot. How do these non-contact sports kind of keep it going as well? It seems like, again, they're off on the right foot. Well, yeah, they are off on the right foot. And, and certainly just by nature, non-contact sports are easier to do social distancing and uh, practice safety measures than contact sports. You know, that, obviously that's why the non-contact sports had already been approved um, and started, shoot, I think, I think golf season started on August 5th. So certainly just the nature of golf, for example, there's, there's social distancing built in to that sport. Um, so the, but so far it seems like those have gone well. I, I've seen a lot of social media posts of golf teams and even tennis teams where they keep their mask on the whole time until they step on the court to play. So our schools are taking it seriously. You know, even with the non-contact sports, they are going to practice these safety measures uh, the whole school year because uh, they want a season. You know, they, they want a full season. So the contact sports obviously are more challenging. That's why um, the green light was not given here until this week. But uh, the contact sports are, are more challenging because there's physical contact with another team. Um, so I think that's why the governor was hesitant to give the green light and um, we needed a new health order to be able to move forward with that. So we just have to, um, especially in the contact sports, just keep reminding our schools and our student athletes that um, what they do away from the game is just as important as what they do during the game. You know, and as soon as, as, soon as that competition's over, you got to get the mask on, you got to make sure you're washing your hands, uh, being safe, and uh, that way we can hopefully have a full season. Absolutely, and I hope that we can get this done as safely as possible. And uh, it's it's exciting to have sports, but at the same time, it's a proceed with caution, absolutely. Uh, Tim, thanks for the few minutes here that you gave us this week. We really do appreciate it. Well, thanks, Corey. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your coverage. And, yeah, just um, everything we can do to continue practicing safety measures will give us the best chance we can at having a full season. Thank you again, Tim. We appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Take care. There you go. My thanks again goes to Tim Street for taking time to talk about the fall sports season as non-contact sports are underway. We've already seen golf and tennis go with their seasons so far. And as Tim said, so far so good with those. We hope that the contact sports that get started up here in the next couple of weeks can do the same thing. Thanks again to Tim and thank you for listening to this episode of Glass City Game Time. If you enjoyed the show or want to go back to listen to previous episodes, there are plenty of ways to do so. You can find us every week on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide, and on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. Please leave a like rating and please subscribe if you have not done so yet. Those go a lot further than you might think. So, for Tim Street. 
My name is Corey Crisson. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.